Hi, this is Jordan Shively. Hi, this is Brock Wilbur. And you're listening to Caring Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or dark story we've heard, and then try to find the silver lining or flip it into something that, while possibly and probably not positive, will at least be productive. How are you doing this week, Brock? I'm doing pretty okay. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be recording the podcast because we got some weird shit to talk about (laughs) as opposed to every other episode we've done. (laughs) Strap in, guys, because this one's going to be a little different than normal. Also, this is like our 21st episode. We like went over the 20th episode last week. So this show can drink now, but it shouldn't because some people shouldn't drink. (laughs) It might interact with your medication. (laughs) so this week i'm gonna talk about gremlins or something on the wing fantastic the name gremlins which is from the old english germ to vex conjures or conjures up images of cute mogwais or shatner gasping there's something on the wing (laughs) that was a really good shatner I see. I, I, I'm not good at them. I don't know where it came from. Um, <laughs> however, the idea of meddlesome forces is actually an ancient one and more tied to forces of nature than anything so simple. Tales of daemons who maliciously interfere with humans date back almost even as far as people have been recording their own histories. The Greek root word for it is daomai, which means to cut, to divide. To interpose. Arab folklore has the Jin, Japan the Kami, in Germanic cultures the Filgia, and in the majority of English speaking countries, a goblin. The coolest part of which, though, is that that word supposedly comes from the Greek kobalas or kobold. <laughs> so, you know, neat. Um, anytime, like, something you're like, oh, D&D. Oh. Um, But what this really all means, though, is that throughout history, people have feared and reported hidden creatures interfering with them. And in the 20th century, some of these people were highly trained and respected airplane pilots, men and women who supposedly had ice in their veins and cool heads on their shoulders. One of the first recorded information on gremlins in relation to airplanes comes in this article in a British newspaper from 1918, the excerpt of which said, The newly constituted Royal Air Force appeared to have detected the existence of a horde of mysterious and malicious sprites, whose purpose in life was to bring about as many as possible of the inexplicable mishaps which in those days, as now, trouble an airman's life. Fans of the show, I think that you'll know when Jordan does two voices in an episode, it means that we've got a, a banger here. This is this is this episode is a cooking. <laughs> and there's like quotation marks around does a voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course. So that's a pretty fucking weird thing for a supposedly reputable newspaper to write. Jesus. Um, British pilots at the time, survivors of crashes and malfunctions began reporting small creatures that would appear all over their aircrafts and began to wreck the planes. They were said to be about three feet tall, large ears like owls, red eyes and large sharp teeth and gray 
burless bodies. So kind of like an owl koala. Um, these accounts would occur over and over throughout World War II, often with several members of a flight crew corroborating the story. Um, one of the most harrowing accounts occurred in 1939. A transport plane took off from an airbase in San Diego, headed to Hawaii, and on board were 13 Marines. Halfway through their flight out over the ocean, they issued a distress signal, and then they just disappeared. All contact ceased. And then later, they just reappeared right outside of San Diego airfield and prepared to land. The plane came in fast and had a rough emergency landing. Something was obviously wrong. And as the landing crew approached the plane, they saw that the exterior of the crash was badly damaged. The metal skin of the aircraft had been peeled back in places. And when they opened the plane, the scene they found was out of a nightmare. There were bodies everywhere. They all seemed to have died from the same type of wounds. Large, vicious cuts as if from a wild animal. The interior of the aircraft was also said to smell of the accurate tang of sulfur and blood. Around the feet of some of the corpses were piles of shell casings, and the pilot and co-pilot's pistols were at their feet, and the magazines had been emptied, like they had been fired. They were firing at something. The co-pilot, however, wasn't dead. When the plane, he landed the plane as holding on, even though he was wounded like everyone else. But then he fell unconscious, and he unfortunately died before he could say anything that happened. Jesus. Come on. <laughs> I know. And this is like a military base record that the plane landed. It had been torn apart by claws, and the people inside had shot up something. Like, that's fucking insane. Like, when I was sort of researching Gremlins, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a one person by himself and it's like no this isn't exact something apparently allegedly went into this aircraft out in the air over the ocean and just ripped everyone apart while they tried to fight it off a lot of these more malicious stories ended about the time when jet engines were invented so a lot of the people who talk about this say that they think it's because planes started going so fast that these gremlins couldn't hang on to them anymore. I've never heard that theory. And that makes so much sense. I know. I was like, well, okay, I guess if like there is some place they live in the sky or we're going through some dimensional vortex where they live when you fly um, and they're dropping out and grabbing on, I guess at a certain point, their claws pop off or whatever, like, you know, Um, but that's one of the theories about why the gremlin occurrences have pretty much ceased. However, not all stories of criminal interferences have been bad. One very famous flight, the pilot claimed that diaphanous creatures surrounded him, keeping him from falling asleep and even adjusting the instruments to keep him on course. What? Yeah. Help, and these creatures supposedly helped him make a very long and dangerous trip successfully. In fact, it was the first of its kind because that plane was the spirit of St. Louis. And the pilot who claimed his life was saved by these little creatures' interference was Charles Lindbergh. You're fucking with me. Nope. No. Yes. The highly decorated and lauded for his, like, being of the best pilot or whatever, Charles Lindbergh also claimed 
to have had gremlin interference, but on a positive way. So there seems to be, if there are gremlins, there's two sides to them. Or who knows, maybe there's some rules that are being broken that they're good or bad. Charles Lindbergh's plane wasn't going to war. That's incredible. I know, right? That's one of my favorite things I've ever heard on this show. And that was perhaps the most on-brand twist to the end of a thing I've ever, ever heard. And it's all these people who are like, you have to be a pretty smart person to be an airline pilot and all about like checking the dots and filling out charts and like making sure all your stuff is done. It's like a pretty academic. It's more academic than a lot of people think. And these are the people who are reporting this. (laughs) So that's the part that's fucking crazy to me. And so that leads us into the carrying into the void moment. Teeth. Teeth. And more teeth. (laughs) It seems at times that anything you put your hand to is immediately beset by forces that would take bite after bite from you until what's left is impossible to use. That you are destined to be the ravaged carcass on the side of the road of your every endeavor. But it isn't so. Because for every set of ravenous maws that would rend and devour your dreams, there are an equal, and if not more numerous, amount of those who would lift you up, who would hold your head above water until the dark tides recede. And as long as you can keep that knowledge in your heart, as long as when you open your eyes, you do so with the knowledge that not every mouth is turned against you, that some of those hands are ready to raise themselves in your defense, then they will. You just have to allow it, to invite them in, if you will, because they are more numerous than you could ever imagined, and they're waiting. Buddy, that one got me. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. So, so you just got to have your little self-care gremlins. It's it's the first one that I've thought we really need to have somebody draw that one up. (laughs) That's that's so cute. A cute T-shirt. Because I think everything in T-shirts. When I see you, I just see a bra made out of T-shirt. <laughs> like that, like a like a weird stop motion like rag thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all I can see too. It's very Pee Wee Herman. All right. Boy, so, Jesus. on that note, what story do you have? Nothing. God damn it, man! I gotta stop letting you go first every time. This is. <laughs> Sometimes we set the bar too high. I, we can roll a dice. I need to have more grandfathers die or something. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just trying to compete. It's not a competition. Yes, it is. Oh, <laughs> awkward. All, all, all friendship is a competition. You know that that's how I play friendship. All right. So we have some things to talk about later. And, um, <laughs> this is why I check in with you more than you check in with me. It's a numbers game. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, mine is about, uh, Christ. Um, so, uh, everyone has probably heard the reports about the big environmental study that says that we have 12 years to possibly offset stuff. And then we're just, we're forever fucked. Uh, and, uh, I, I don't know if anyone's actually read it, but I did read like the full report today and I don't, I don't know why I do these things. Like I, my wife and I do it with politics where we'll get into like, uh, you'll read the whole like PDF of some legal brief or something that the administration has filed. And it's just like, I, 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 I fixate on the details of things to get even angrier. Like I go deeper than any deep dive article does. And I'm just like, I, why, why do I dig deeper to, to hurt more? 
Um, so I read I read the full report on this thing, and I, I was actually flipping a page, and in my mind, and a, I know that my uh, my meds have been a little off lately, and some things have been a little out of control. But at one point, I literally thought I flipped the page and started reading the next page, and I thought it was the lyrics to Five Years" by David Bowie. <laughs> Uh, which is oh. just about how we have five years left. And I, I did like a, a head, like a, a cartoon head shake to shake it away. And it was not, and then it was back to the regular page. It feels like I was, you know, hungry in a cartoon and saw a steak dancing where, where my cat was or something. I was just like, God, He's, this is so messed up. So yeah, we like, like a, ch- a child's lullaby started playing and then like everything was like red hazy. <laughs> yeah. So, and, but now on top of it, I have five years stuck in my head. So it didn't matter anyway. Like, <laughs> that's where we are uh by the way if if you like the band murder by death check out their cover of it they did it for uh a friend in lawrence that died a few years ago for a benefit so it's extra sad on top of that um uh so it, been on a bit of an environmental kick and i remember i remembered that this was a story i wanted to do uh, a couple of months back in uh in july that uh so there's been a scorching heat wave across the entire world, but uh, it's been hitting England in a way that it hasn't hit England before. Um, and so uh, in July, uh, in Wales, an entire ancient civilization just appeared out of nowhere because uh, a bunch of stuff what? got uh, got heated up and it burned down. So um, basically uh, the, there was just uh, this this big heat wave that that kept going and it uh, and then there was also just 22 percent of the normal rainfall for the time so everything was just on fire crackling uh, and so the fields dried out and when the fields dried out they revealed crop circles actual crop circles dug by a civilization that was there in the Iron Age around 800 BC and uh, in this area, which they had not known previously was ever occupied in that, in that time. And the fields had just never not been there. Yeah. The fields had been, they, they were just the, the, the circles were under layers and layers of current fields now, but those just all fucking died out. And now this whole civilization is viewable like from the air and, uh, and you can see the outlines of buildings and stuff too. Uh, so you, you can see this. It's, it's like looking down on a map of the city and this city just appeared out of nowhere. Yes, I am here for this story. <laughs> so the the credible part of it is that uh, in the last year, this is only one of a couple of stories like this. Um, apparently, uh, glaciers in Norway melted and revealed a civilization that uh, was there from 6,000 years ago. And they've found more than like 200, uh, no, more than uh, 2,000 tools that were there. Uh, and they're still trying to figure out what some of those tools are. So it's kind of like the thing, but with uh, true value hardware. Uh, I, I I was just like, that's crazy. And then apparently, very recently, uh, on Alaska's North Slope, uh, a, like a cave just appeared out of nowhere. And there's definitely a civilization in there. But like people are trying to excavate it very quickly because... Uh, the snow is melt. The, the ice is melting so fast that it revealed this, but it's also melting fast enough that it'll probably wash this whole thing away. So they've got like this very small window to get in there based on how fast this shit is going. Um, but the, uh, the, the other extent of this is that um, apparently uh, in the middle of the summer last year in Northern California, the water levels uh, as we started into uh this huge uh, like drought that we've been in for a year and a half in California. Um, 
these lakes started dropping down. And it turns out that there's a bunch of cities in Northern California that people just forgot were there. Uh, so they were little cities on underneath lakes, underneath lakes. They were cities that were on islands and then the water had built up over the years and they'd just abandoned the cities. And some of them for, was from as recently as like the new deal era. Uh, so there's just a couple of towns out in the middle of these lakes the the droughts uh, have have reached the point that you can like walk out to these towns and there's still like uh you know remnants of buildings and like stuff out there it's just like okay so slowly but surely uh all of all of the ancient civilizations are coming back to watch this all end with us like there i know those other cities probably laughed at those dead cities and like look at them they were dumb they didn't make it but now every, everyone's coming back for the viewing party for the finale uh and that's uh fucking backseat civilizations backseat civilizations there we are uh that's uh, that's probably episode title backseat <laughs> civ uh, so this is man, I I, I went and <laughs> yeah, it, me watching my sister play SimCity. No, that one's not going to work out. <laughs> uh, so here's my carrying into the void. Rise, rise, rise. Welcome back to the surface, you forgotten, long buried piece of the puzzle. Welcome back to the earth that abandoned you. Uh, pretty swell, you're all here just in time to watch it end all over again, all albeit for real this time. Do you feel sweet revenge, seeing all those who ignored you in your passing suddenly startle at the inevitable thrust of their own demise, suddenly startle at your reappearance and what it must mean? Is this like crashing your own funeral, or is this like crashing the funeral of everyone who doubted you? It must feel good to see the sun again, even if it is possibly the only thing that we'll be seeing from this moment onward. Awaken from your slumber, take stock, call in your accountings. But, also note that they were wrong. Your failing was not a personal failing. Your failing was never your fault. It was the unluck of the draw. And now that they're all being dealt the same hand, they must recognize that you had so much to teach and so much to give. You were never wrong, and I'm glad you're here to see it with all of us. I want it to be like in 100 years, though. <laughs> Selfishly. Like, yeah, let's work on it, but can it please happen when I'm dead? <laughs> I, 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 I think a big thing that has happened for me personally in the last year was giving up on all of the ideas that like my life needs to have that, uh, like that meaning, like that Ozymandias, like, so everyone needs to remember me for something like I've let go of that. And I think that I would be having a harder time with the end of the world if I was still holding on to that, like, but future people need to know about Brock Wilbur. And I was like, no, 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 he's just this guy. He did some stuff. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> and oh, sitting no. here staring up, staring at my microphone, like depressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's supposed to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, do you have any self care things you've done recently that you want to share? Uh, my self care thing is is something that I've I've posted about online, and I hope people have seen it. Um, it's just a reminder you got to do the work every day, and that's not just the work of like I, it's it's important to get into therapy. It's important to get a doctor getting getting on some medication and figuring out the stuff with you is so important but it doesn't just stop there you have to you have to keep going back but mostly like no one told me that you have to pay attention to stuff because three or four times in the last year i've i've now had medications messed up on me and i it, it has taken this last time that it happened uh, a week or so ago to realize 
I don't, it is not on me. I'm not supposed to trust doctors. I'm not supposed to trust systems because they don't care. You have to like keep notes and know when things are happening. And there's a, I've started doing it. And there's even a sense of power in that and be like, I know. And I, I don't wait on something to text me to tell me it's, it's time to refill a thing. And I double check that what's in the bottle is what I had in the bottle previously and that nothing's been changed. Like, uh, it's, it is work and you have to do the work. Uh, and, uh, no one tells you that cause it's not as fun of a thing to, to talk about, but it is, it is there. And it is the thing that I keep messing up the most and I'm trying my best to stop. Well, like you said, that's power. Yeah. Cause a lot of times when you go to a doctor or someone, they try to be like, Oh, um, really you're sure. And you're like, motherfucker, look at this chart. You know, I have a fucking pie graph about this. And you can, <laughs> they can't just like shrug their shoulders cause they had a bad day and like give you, give you some guess, you know, <laughs> Well, cool. What do you got to promote, bud? Um, I have not been doing any good self-care at all. Um, I think my self-care is to start thinking about self-care again. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I, I just been, I just been doing, taking on all the jobs. And that's probably not the, the good thing because it comes from a mindset of one day people aren't going to give me jobs, which is just like a fear-based reaction of how to act on things. So got to look at that a little more. Instead of like saying yes to every single project that people ask me to do. I'm struggling with that too. And, and a thing that happens in my head is that um, if I don't say yes to every job in this, in, in, in a very specific industry that I work in, that that'll stop. And my brain refuses to accept that, like, it would be possible to go to many other industries. Uh, like, yeah. and that is, that is part of the thing that I'm trying to give up on too, is that like, um, I, I, there's so much of me that doesn't want to work anywhere near games. Uh, but there is a part of me that's also like, um, you know, I don't want to be a famous games person in any way anymore, but I also like, I could go work in marketing and marketing could be fine. And I could work on a board game that I want to make with friends on the weekend or something like that and be equally fulfilled and not have to have this like fear in my gut that every freelance, uh, opportunity could mean the end of my career. Uh, so yeah, it's just all over the, I, I, I get that one too. It is, it is a lot like uh, vinyl records where you encounter one and you're like, this is so expensive, but who knows the next time I'll see it. So I'd better buy it right now. And I'm doing the same thing with jobs and it sounds like you are too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, and, and control. Those are some things. <laughs> or take a step back and say, is this worth it? <laughs> Do I have to work it? You know, and sometimes you could even like rewind it back and then oh my god, reverse the things that have happened. Um, <laughs> I that worried note. that I was going to be the one that was too silly for this show. Back when we started, <laughs> I, that was my concern. I won't treat mental health with the God. Okay, good, 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 good. Love this. <laughs> All right. So, where can people find you this week, Brock? Uh, at Brock Wilbur on Twitter and, and stuff. Uh, Jordan, where can people find you? At Hottest Singles on Twitter for the Dread Singles account. And that's it for me this week. Cool. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week um, with another episode. And until then, remember to keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and many. Goodbye. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>